Before your selected episode, here are a few words from supporters of the podcast. Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Hello, you are listening to the Wrestling Purist Podcast and another retro review. My name is Ryan, alongside uh, your reigning defending predictions champion, it is Jeff. <clears throat> I would love to take credit for it, um, and I will. Uh, no, I will a little bit, but I usually never get to keep this thing long enough, so... <laughs> <laughs> This one, I actually, I'm actually going to enjoy for a little bit. Yeah, well, um, I haven't caught up with my full statistics yet, um, but I do believe you won this at Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've kept it for about a month now. So you've gone through full gear, and you've gone through <laughs> war games. How in the hell I managed that is beyond me. Well, let me tell you what. Two specialities of mine where I typically have a, the best opportunity to win the title is an NXT event and a and an impact event. Yeah. And uh, on December 9th, baby. Oh, right, right on schedule. <laughs> um yep, Impact Wrestling's final resolution and NXT deadline, both December 9th, both. Um, a great opportunity for Jeff to lose the belt to me. Oh, you you can just take my picks now. <laughs> like, because, I mean, there's going to be no difference by the time we get to December 9th, I can tell you. I'll take <laughs> Joe something. <laughs> Jim something? <laughs> it's something Jake, something. Jake something. Ah, well, Joe, Jake, same thing. Yeah, well. You can't win them all, but it's 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 the ones that get me where I and, and I don't know if you just look at it and you just keep going because you don't know who they are, but it's always the women's tag teams that you skip over, whether it's a, a just a standard tag match or like a yes. fatal four way or something. And I message you and I'm like, hey, so it's either um, 
MK Ultra or the Death Dolls? And your response is yes. <laughs> so my brain, I look and I have no idea who they are. So I'm like, okay, I'll come back to it here in a second. And I just forget to come back to it in a second. Well, as everybody, if you don't know, you're about to know my stance on the on women's tag team championship belts. I believe in equality, but when you don't have the depth to have a women's division, you damn sure as hell should not have a women's tag team division. So my two cents on that. Jeff, I don't know if we got to talk about this on uh, the shoot, which for those who haven't been keeping score, that's shoot number three, and we just did it earlier this week, so you should definitely go check that out. Um, I don't know if we talked about CM. Well, I know we talked about CM Punk, um, but I think it was there was a lot going on. So because it, we were recording that episode of the shoot as he was getting as we were building up to his Monday Night Raw return. Now mm-hmm. that you've seen and heard his return promo on Raw, what do you think overall now of the CM Punk return? Um, I think it's great. I think it's going to be fine. Um, he knows. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It's kind of like. It's when you're younger. You get your first job and you're for me. You're at King's Dominion, right? You can show up when you want. There's no rules, you know, as long as you're not doing anything crazy. Uh, you know, everybody else that you work with is kind of, and again, no disrespect to King's Dominion, but, you know, everybody around mm. you is just kind of having a good time, you know. And then you go do a little bit later in your career. You work for the government or you have some type of career where, you know damn well you can't show up late and do this and do that. And, you know, so the rules are different. And seeing that, you know, seeing that he's been on one side, now he's back home. And God, we're far. It's so weird to me that I've been watching CM Punk long enough to wear Ring of Honor and WWE. And, and don't get me wrong, like that, that, that is his home, but it's just crazy. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting winded here. But to make a long to make a long story short, I I think I think he'll be fine because there's a lot of stuff that's not going to fly because it's not a free for all like AEW and there's rules, there's regulations, there's professionalism. So I think all that stuff will I think all that stuff will take care of itself. And at, at the end of the day, I think this is also, you know, the enemy of the enemy is my friend type of deal, you know, since he's been scorned, uh, you know, by AEW, right? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that safe to say? Yeah, I think, I think a couple times, I think, you know, I think, I think once I, I think they've just gotten maybe a little bit snake, snake bitten at this point where I don't think it would even be an option to bring him back. But, um, I could, I could agree more. I think this is a. I think this is. Um, I think development wise, it's a terrible decision, but I think Triple H 
is smart enough to understand strike while the iron's hot. You know, and yeah, mm-hmm. he and had, ima- he didn't, yeah, good. I'm sorry to cut you off, but imagine that CM Punk may be the person to start. Uh, well, n- not him, like personally, like not just because it's CM Punk, but like imagine he's a maybe the guy that starts to swing the tide or starts to put a couple nails or just cracks in the armor of AEW, you know? Imagine that. Let that blow your mind. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking to pull the um, numbers out now. Um, so it looks like we're at a 1.88. So 29% up from last week and 13% up from a year ago at this time. So, um, obviously, the way that professional wrestling is now, the way that it is on a Monday night spot, and this is a and what people don't realize about the about the Monday night Raw ratings is, you know, you you might hear something like you know one you know one point eight eight, but you have to understand everything else that's going on Monday nights, and how. People are still watching wrestling, even with a Monday night football game on, even with uh, the bad, the bachelor, Uh, the golden bachelor. Okay, cool. What the hell is that? Oh, you um, it's it's just the bachelor for all for all people. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. Good for all people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, old people. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I didn't know if it was a golden lover situation or like some bullet club gold or like I. I so, so when you first said the golden bachelor, I was thinking like, oh, like is there like, is it a bachelor off where there's like ex bachelors and bachelorettes or something? That, that's what I was thinking. But I think it'd be a great idea. Just bring them all back. Let's just see what happens. I mean, what do I know? Um, but. I forget the exact term you just used, um, but just kind of the um, how WWE do, doesn't let things fly like a, like AEW does. Um, WWE is a little more tight knit, um, and AEW again in the headlines very recently, um, and you're gonna see it tonight. Well, I don't think you'll see this portion of this gentleman's promo tonight. Um, the Ric Flair promo. Um, have you have you heard about this yet? So, is it the one he cut next to Sting when he was standing out there? Or, 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 I'm sorry, no. backstage. No. So this is one that was taped for Rampage. So this is um. I this saw is where from... he was like 30 years ago, Charlottesville. We're gonna be there. Me and the Stinger. Blah 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 blah. I was like, because oh. because at first I thought people. So I haven't. I guess I haven't heard this one because I heard. <laughs> I, I thought. I thought. I thought everybody was talking about that, and I was like, man, like, what is everybody talking about? It was just a regular promo, like you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is completely different. So they taped for Rampage, and I don't know who this individual is, um, but this is uh, his hand. His name is the Boulder. Um, so it's at. Basing S.E. Graps. Okay, I'll give you credit. Um, but it says, Ric Flair has landed himself a hot water already after an overly long in-ring promo segment on Rampage. 
So this has already been confirmed, this portion, that it was a very long promo. Um, crowd was getting restless. Crowd wasn't really into it at all. Um, and, well, it was because, taped, and it was taped for Rampage. Well, because as much as everybody thinks AEW wrestling fans, and again, I'm not defending Ric Flair necessarily, but like, well, because half of them have never even seen Ric Flair wrestle. Meaningful, m- meaningful matches on on top of that. But but go yeah. ahead. Sorry, God. So, no, you're good. So the line that has everybody up in arms, uh, Flair invited all the women in the audience from ages 18 to 28 to meet him in his hotel room. No boyfriends, no husbands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he say... Did he did he tell him at the hotel he was at? And did he say he was long in the cotton? Because that's that's just a Rick Flair. I mean, that's just a Rick Flair promo. I don't have a problem with that. Like, so I don't know because a lot of it, like, we're not getting all of it. Um, but the general consensus here, that's um, dumb. That's dumb. Is, is that it's going to be um, removed from the broadcast? Um. And so he got a lot of negativity from this, especially on Twitter. So he decides to respond. Um, so he says this. He says, I am so tired of hearing all this negativity. Can't I simply enjoy being my by my dear friend Sting's side for the next few months without so much hatred? I know I'm old, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. I have earned the right to do whatever I want, and I'm exactly where I want to be. I appreciate everything, Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away if I am embarrassing you and your company. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think he's right in everything he said. The, the 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 problem is, is Ric Flair is not from this era. Exactly. So in a world <laughs> where everybody wants to be offended, Ric Flair was insinuating that he wanted to have consensual or non-consensual sex with women that are 18 like oh my god like it just can you imagine but 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 did you get what i'm saying though cod like how i mean yeah. we, just the world we live in now is like that unfortunately like so god everybody get the fuck over he's rick flair yeah and that's no again of... i'm not giving him a pass to be an asshole but what i'm saying is is he's cutting a promo he's been cutting for 40 years and again, yeah. if you're and if you're if you don't if you ain't ready for that heat, then probably get your ass out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Everybody sure did everybody sure did pop when he came out the first time though. So yeah. which one is it? Yeah. Well, on that point, you know who else is straight out of your mama's kitchen, Jeff? Who? Red Velvet. Jesus, is she wrestling again or where's she? Oh been? yeah, she's back. So she had a, so she actually had a knee injury and she was back, but it's funny because she's billed from straight out of your mama's kitchen. So yeah, sure. I, that I, I yeah. why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh but yeah, not not to get too far off topic, but I think those are two pretty noteworthy things. You're we're both flare flare guys, you're a CM Punk guy. I can, I can, you know, at least acknowledge excellence with punk. So, uh, take the, take a the, look at that. Yeah, the fact that if you'd have told me, like Jeff CM Punk's gonna go for how long has he been on? Nine years, ten, or or to, all the way to eight. We're coming up. What? We're coming up on ten because his yeah. last um, 
His last WWE appearance was Rumble 2014, which we have covered here on the podcast. Okay, yeah. So you're talking however long that was to AEW, so two years ago, so eight years, I guess. Seven, eight years, whatever it was. So all to be away for all of that, to come back to win the AEW championship, um, especially when, especially when, Everybody said, uh, you know, how they hated Sam Punk and how he was hard to work with and how he was this and how he was that. Then he shows up to AEW and everybody's crying because Sam Punk's back for people who didn't even watch him wrestle back in the day. But anyway, so for all that to happen and then for the worm to turn, for him to call out uh, 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 everybody, the Bucks and all that on their actual bullshit, you know, because again, whether you like him or not, he wasn't necessarily speaking the truth. I mean, he wasn't telling a lie. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You can say, Hey, he was being unprofessional and you're right. He was being very unprofessional, you know, but again, he was, he was telling the truth. So with that being said for all that, and then for him to show up on, it's kind of the Cody Rhodes thing. He had to go out to AEW just to get himself back to kind of just to himself back to WWE. Oh God, I'll take it. And I'm going to run with this for the whole time AEW's on television. He's the longest AEW champion ever because he never lost the belt. Didn't get pinned for it. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. My next question question to you, Cod, is what's he do in WWE? Because everybody's like, he's going to win the Rumble. He's he's not going to win the Rumble. They're not going to do that. Yeah, well, I'm a Wade Barrett guy, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news, folks. <laughs> um. So I'm really torn on this because I I was I was not a fan of a majority of the CM Punk matches that were in AEW um, because I truly believe and I mean this is all with all with all due respect that CM Punk is not a professional wrestler anymore. Um, I think that WWE's style of wrestling is more suited for Punk to be successful. And it's it's his A's right now. I yeah, yeah. And, and that's and and I'm I'm not saying that he was never or at any point in his life has he never been a great wrestler or a good wrestler. I think that it's also I think that this is also kind of what Cody Rhodes was going through is that Cody Rhodes was always a better sports entertainer than he was a professional wrestler. But at the same time, the two styles are completely different. So it's more, it's more or less, I think that where's where's where CM Punk is now is right where he needs to be. Just like, just like Cody Rhodes. And we said it for, and we said it for as long as this podcast has been on is that Cody Rhodes is a WWE guy and he'll find his way back. And we called it. So I think the way it is now, you're going to probably get Rollins punk at mania. So you have to work backwards from that. So you almost either have to go. And I fully believe that Seth Rollins is not going to be the champion walking into WrestleMania. I don't know who it's going to be. It's not going to be Seth Rollins. Part of me thinks that Rollins carries it to Elimination Chamber and Punk costs him. 
Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Get screwed, and that's yeah. how they. Because because Punk doesn't need a belt, and you no. can't put a belt. You can't put a belt on him because then you got to take it off of him. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think for Punk at this point, it's about. And this is what it should be about. It's not like his last. I mean, this is kind of like his last big contract, I think. But it's not so much that he has to take L's and constantly put people over. I think he's in a good position here, and they're going to strike while the iron is hot. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get CM Punk Roman Reigns. No, I, I just don't think it happened. That's what the no. popular. That's what the consensus wants. They want no. Punk Reigns. Uh. I I just don't see it because I think I think well, we you get waste, to WrestleMania and we get either a, Cody Reigns or we get Rock Reigns, either one. That's 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 the WrestleMania match when you have Punk yeah. and Rollins on the other side. Yeah, because you waste it. Because like, let's just say Punk say the Punk beats Reigns. That's bare. That's terrible too. You know what I'm saying? That's bad for CM Punk to come in here and do that. Is not bad for Punk necessarily because hey, if someone wants wants you to do that, you're not gonna tell him no. But yep. there's, there's no there, there's no there's no need for that. Again, he doesn't need a belt. He doesn't need this. And to piggyback off what you said, you're right. I think he can still wrestle. Um, he's just not an AEW wrestler. Like, yes. like he's not. I mean, but that's never been him. Well, I mean, he there was a time where he really fucking could go. Mm-hmm. He's punk his bit was more of your like older Japanese style, strong style guy back in the day, Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Yep. This new age of his modern wrestling, he's never been that. He's not flipping anywhere. He's not doing it like that's that's not what he do. It's not what he does. No. Um. So he he's tailor made for the WWE, and he'll have fine matches there. You know, he, they're not going to be asking him to jump off of things and barbed wire, and you know, not be doing this bullshit. So he'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is I don't know how we get there because we have two months to build for the rumble because there's not going to be a December premium live event. So it was war games and now it's going to be the rumble. And that whole period right in right there. It, we, we might get punk and McIntyre to get there, but right now, as it sits, there's no clear opponents for CM punk. Other than what what social media has made it out to look like, I don't think he needs to wrestle Rollins either. Really, if you ask me, no. But that's the hot. That's but that's the I money mean, maker. Yeah, it's been tailor made kind of now mm-hmm. um, since uh, since everything, I guess. But yeah, so but only time will tell. Um, you can hear more about what I think CM Punk is going to do um, when our three-word game special comes out for our New Year's episode. Um, kind of short three-word prediction for the new year. Very quick, very easy. Keep an eye out for that. As we transition into our retro review, and this is the 90th episode, Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy. So it, I I want to go more into it when we get to episode 100 because it's coming up quicker than we know. But um 
we first did Halloween Havoc 1992. Uh, that was before, um, that was when I was still doing referee's discretion and we hadn't even moved into the ref bump yet. Uh, so, which is, which is crazy to me. So now I have to go back and look here. So this is lost episode number 11. So that, okay. So it was October 12th, 2020. So we've been doing reviews together, Jeff, for three years. Have we really? <laughs> yeah. That um 92 Halloween Havoc episode that we did was October 12th, 2020. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 really crazy to think that we've come all that way. And then now we're at episode 90. Of the Wrestling Purist Podcast, and this is the Retro Review. Um, so episode 90 of the Retro Review, we are um, talking Survivor Series 2003. I do very quickly want to uh, kind of talk about the podcast in general for a second, because mm-hmm. we got our Spotify wrapped Um for the year so spotify rap for those who don't know uh spotify puts this out at the beginning of december every year now and all all it is is it tells you um just like you know you're listening highlights from the year like who your most favorite artist was who you listen to the most if you listen to podcasts who your top podcast was etc okay and on the on the podcasters side, the analytics, um, they kind of let you explore that a little bit more. And I'll be damned if our top episode of the year, Jeff, was um retro review episode number 66. Uh that That's was cool. TNA TNA lockdown 20 uh 2010. <clears throat> Wow, all 11 of the DNA listeners. Imagine that. <laughs> Lockdown. Um, it was streamed 264% more than our average episode. Isn't this... Pulling back the curtain, like, isn't this weird? Isn't it weird to you? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, again... We clearly do a podcast, right? But, and like, we know people listen to it and we want to get people to listen to it. But again, we're not. I don't want to sound like this, but we we have fun doing it. If people listen to it, cool. If they don't, cool. Like, we're, you know, we don't want to beat you over the head with our content, right? But isn't it just weird? Like, when you actually think about that, like, people are out here actually listening to you talk about wrestling. Isn't it kind of weird? Not weird, but isn't it like just interesting? It's crazy to think about, I'll tell you that, because um, people have actually taken time out of their day. They could be doing anything in the world and they're listening to a wrestling podcast that you have. Like <laughs> that, and, you know, we're and we're not like Sean Ross app and we don't work for some big corporate con- you know conglomerate deal. Like, you know, we're just two guys that literally just talk about wrestling. Um this blew my mind. Uh this is one I didn't share with you yet. So um, 
as far as platforms and where we are listened to across earth, um, mm-hmm. 88% from the United States. Listen to our podcast? Yeah. Wow. So we have the rest that are international? Yes. That's crazy. So 4%. I never, even, I, look. I, I never even thought about that until you just said, like, I never thought about that until you. <laughs> I mean, like, again, it makes sense. I'm a, you know, an idiot, but like. Wow, it's a head scratcher. Look, Thank there's you, a bun- everybody. Yeah, there's a bunch of countries that are less than 1%. Uh, real quick, we got uh, Denmark, South Africa, Jamaica, Philippines, Canada, and Poland. Okay. Um, 1% so, from the... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, 1% from the United Kingdom, 1% from India, 2% from New Zealand, Two percent from Ireland and four percent from Germany. So we have people in Jamaica and Germany listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you, guys. Thank you, girls. Thank you. You know, whatever you identify as, I don't want to offend anybody, but whatever you are, you know, cat, cow, whatever. If you can, if you're, if you're listening to our podcast, we truly appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it breaks down into you know, demographics, um, you know, and all that. But obviously the main demographic, 28 to 44 males, um, all that. But it's 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 crazy to think about that. Now, then, now, I didn't count as far as the retro review that got listened to the most. Um, I didn't count the pure talks that we had or these special episodes that we put out um, because the fight pro episode um, is our, is our highest listened to episode on the entire cool. podcast, um, which we will Makes have sense. them on. We will have them back on soon. Um, and we're in talks to bring on a extremely special talent for that. So, Oh boy. Uh, more news to come down the pipe for that. But, um, if you've ever listened to us, if you've ever shared us, um, if you've even glanced and looked our way, we you know appreciate it. Um, we feel like the bell of the ball, and it's it's crazy to think that we're listened to, you know, out outside of the United States. So again. Thank, thank you, thank you. It just, it just tickles our testicles, just like Kane electrocuted Shane McMahon's testicles in the build to this match at Survivor Series 2003. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So November sixteenth, two thousand and three, from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Um. Attendance for this one was 13,487 and 450,000 buy rate in 2003. Um obviously we're going to we're going to do the math because we because t- we typically do. Um you think pay-per-views in 03 what were they 40? Yeah, every bit. Yeah. Um so that's 18 million current time, but 
you know, we we like to check the the inflation rate out on things. Um, so let's see the eighteen million in two thousand three today uh, would be just over thirty million dollars. God, AW would kill to have that. <laughs> just a cool crisp, you know. $30 million. Yeah, I mean, they would just cut their right hand off. $30 million. Yeah. From, yeah. A, from a pay-per-view. Yeah. So we are, as far as the landscape here in WWE, we've had Goldberg come in since the summer. Uh, he's feuding with Triple H. Triple H is in his... Uh, in his reign of terror, as people call it, uh, the three to four year span where he ran Monday Night Raw. It's the truth. Yep. We have that. We have over on SmackDown, the feud between The Undertaker and Mr. McMahon. And it started where Mr. McMahon inter interfered in... Undertaker's WWE Championship match against Brock Lesnar, costing him the match. Uh, we'll get more into it as when we get there. And then the other big event, or the other big storyline here for this card is on Raw between the two co-general managers, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eric, and Eric Bischoff. So there is a lot to be excited for with this card. So... And the reason we're doing this Survivor Series show, we just had Survivor Series. Um, it was la it was last weekend, and since the Survivor Series War War Games um, has been a thing the last two years, we're doing a Survivor Series this year or this week, sorry, and a War Games NXT Takeover next week. So. Kind of paying an homage to what Triple H has brought to our premium live events over the last two two years. So, uh, paying homage to him here. Um, do you remember when when you started watching this? Did you remember this show at all? No, I didn't. Well, I remember the I remember the McMahon. Um, I remember the McMahon Undertaker Kane bit. Because McMahon was on a mood to scale times fucking twenty, but mm -hmm. so I do remember that. Yeah. But, uh, the rest of it, the rest of it, I didn't. Michael Lati. Um, I'll say the only thing I I do remember was the end of the Survivor Series match. This is the better of the two, obviously. Um, and how that all ended. Um, but I'm ready to get started with this. Let's go. Um, this is it kicks off with an awesome video package. Um voiceover guys pretty much asking if people will survive the night. Survive. 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 That's it. <laughs> that is your essentially your video package. It's survive. Can you survive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we do have the Raw and SmackDown commentary teams for this. 
Uh, for Raw, it's JR and The King. For SmackDown, it's Cole and Taz. And the SmackDown crew kicks us off here. Um, Five-on-five traditional Survivor Series match. It is uh, Team Lesnar, headlined by WWE champion uh, Brock Lesnar. And his team is The Big Show, A-Train, Matt Morgan, and Nathan Jones. And I'm stopping right there because I've never heard of a more... Uh, now, look, we're not saying Brock's a Brock, you know, Brock Lesnar's an idiot, okay? Um, but you have the entire roster to look for. Yeah. And you pick the big show. Yeah, okay, former, you know, he's gonna turn his back on you eventually here. Um Matt Morgan. A train. And Nathan Jones. <laughs> it, you had nobody else. It looked like how much beef can I you know you know what I mean? Like he was picking yep. by per ton, per tonnage. Yeah, well, he eclipsed that. And across from him is Team Angle, uh headlined by Kurt Angle and his teammates Chris Benoit. This is still Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena, Hardcore Holly, and Bradshaw. So, uh, other than um, hard, hard Hardcore Holly and Bradshaw, Bradshaw is not JBL yet. We still got a little. We still got a little bit of time for that. Um, obviously, there is an advantage here, <laughs> and this was a really. You know who's gonna win this Survivor Series match, off off the top. You already mm-hmm. you already know. The way they got there was really interesting, though. It it was fine. It was it was serviceable, I guess you can say. So I well. You go first. Sorry. <laughs> um, most of the eliminations I can live with. I think that, um, I think that. Well, hind- hindsight's tw- uh, twenty twenty. But when I first watched this without doing any of the backstory to it, um, it was the middle of this match where it's quick eliminations. Um, Kurt eliminates Matt Morgan and then Nathan Jones. And then um, Lesnar just comes in and F five's angle and he's out. Um, I thought that was actually a really great spot. I, and then you had Brock who tapped out uh, to Chris Benoit. Wasn't a fan of that one. Um, especially since he's, the WWE champion at the time, yeah, leaving the big show by himself. Not a fan of that, uh, but it was pretty clean for the most part. It wasn't super boring. Um, and I thought it was an all right Survivor Series match. Uh, okay, so yeah, it, it wasn't bad, 
it just was missing something. Maybe in hindsight now thinking about it, I think it was the mixture of like really good talent with just wahoos. Yep. So that's kind of why like it was like hit or miss or I mean it wasn't hit or miss, but maybe that's why it was kind of I don't know. There was times where it was really good and there's times where it's like what the hell's going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I, again, I don't have a problem with it, but one team just wasn't like the other. Like you said. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Well, and here's and here's the thing. So we take a look at Matt Morgan, okay? He was in OVW from April of 02 to October of 2003. So we're doing Survivor Series 03 in November, and he gets called up in October. So it that, that answers everything I need right there and then. That's why it was so awkward when he stepped in the ring. Um, because he made his SmackDown debut on October 30th and was immediately chosen to be on Team Lesnar. Immediately. And then uh-huh. the Big Show's never been a fantastic worker. Um, a, A-Train is incredibly reliable, but, I mean, one one note. And then Nathan, Nathan Jones is not good. <laughs> Nathan Jones is not a good talent. No, not at all. He looks great, but that's where it begins and ends. Yeah, yeah, because this is not good on his part. And then you look on the other side, though. Kurt Angle is one of the best talents in the world. Uh, Chris Benoit, same thing. John Cena is a young up-and-comer. you got to get him over. Uh, Bradshaw is always a good worker unless you piss him off. Then he goes stiff and potatoes you. Um, hard, hardcore Holly's fine, but they they really write this feud up with him and Brock because the whole thing is that Brock powerbombed hardcore Holly, broke his neck, so he had to make a return. So now Hardcore Holly just wants to face Brock. Um, so he jumps in before the match and then gets himself disqualified. Sure. Why not? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place at some points. Yeah, and that's kind of where this was. So... It, it just seemed like there was an incredible lack of cohesion because and and not saying that every survivor series team needs to have the most cohesion of all time but there has to be at least a reason more than ah you're big you can be on my team you know it, it's just not it's not believable but at the same time, like I, like I said, it was a fine Survivor Series match, and you knew who was going to win right out of the gate. So, and then now we look forward to WrestleMania 20, because even though we have one stop to make between here and there, which is which is the Rumble, 
you kind of see why they made the booking decisions that they did here to get to Mania 20. Yeah, I I I agree. I agree. So we go backstage. Uh Vince is trying to talk to Shane. Uh <laughs> uh he says <laughs> and this is kind of this is kind of a um a good back and forth if you can call it that. Um Vince says that uh that they're wrestling against brothers. You know, and then uh he wants to know how Shane feels and and Shane's like he feels sorry for Vince and then leaves. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, it was it was a weird, interesting um exchange with between father and son. And I I forgot that um I mean I didn't forget, but it's been a while, but I was watching I was watching uh Vince do his you know, he's doing his God shtick, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And and if memory serves me correct, didn't he tag team with God or did he beat God? I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, do you remember Vincent, that? Yeah, Vincent Shane, and this is a backlash. Um, Vincent Shane tag teamed to beat uh Shawn Michaels and his tag team partner, God. God. Another reason why I fucking hate Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I want to say it was backlash. Don't say it was back. Backlash 05. I'll be. Nope. That was Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels team teaming up. That led to that. So it had to be 04. No. So then I guess it had to be. It had to be this year. Yeah. I want to say it was around that time. I I could be wrong because it's been a long time. I think I'm wrong. Is it later? It's Backlash 06, isn't it? Yep. It's Backlash 2006. No holds barred match. Mr. McMahon and Shane McMahon versus Shawn Michaels and God. Wow. No Shawn Michaels and God. If anybody was wondering. Um <laughs> uh sure, why not? Oh, um, but yeah, we move on to our next match. It is for the women's championship. Molly Holly defending against Lita. Lita. Um. God, this was long. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Like, like, and and I and I say long, and I know people get on me, uh, Jeff specifically about being the time police, being being you know time cop over here. A uh, great movie, by the way. Yes. Um, but it, it's look, people complain about women's wrestling not getting enough love, guys. This is the prime period. To get a three to four minute women's match, get in, get out, done. Um, couple of problems. It went too long, and the crowd started to not care. Yeah, um, and it wasn't terrible. Like in the realm of these matches, where 
it's bra and panty and they're ripping clothes off and they're doing this and doing that. This match actually didn't have any of that. It was actually actually wrestling to to some extent. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it the the wrestling part of it was fine. Um, it's about as best as you're gonna get for this time period, but nobody cared. That's the downside. They couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. And I don't know if they strategically put this here because of the way it was built on the card, the way the card was built, but it's a possibility because you go from a Survivor Series match and then the next match is going to be the ambulance match. So I don't know if they consider this a palate cleanser for those, but... That's the thinking, right? That's... I mean, that's my my thinking there. Um, before we get to the ambulance match, uh, we get uh, we get the uh, heat results of Tajiri beating Jamie Noble. Awesome, Jamie Noble, Jamie Noble, baby. Uh, we get a long video package to set up this ambulance match. Um. The, it's Shane. It's Shane and Kane. The ambulance almost looks like it gets caught on fire by Kane's pyro. Do you see that? It had to like yeah. back up. I was like, oh boy, uh oh. Yeah, it was. Ugh. Ugh, sorry, it was really close, and then it had to like kind of do one of these move forward uh, because I think when they backed it up initially. They backed up too far into the stage. So they uh-huh. had to like pull out a little bit to get to make sure Kane got out. And then they backed right back in to make sure he was there. He was cleared. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. It's 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 so hard to, to really critique these types of matches. And it's not because it's not entertaining or it's not good. This is not a regular match. They are not in the ring for more than 30 seconds tops. You know, and trying to judge this thing is tough because I thought I thought it was entertaining for them for the most part. I think Shane's incredibly charismatic for as much crap as he gets. For booking himself strong in the Rumble, uh, for putting himself in spots he probably shouldn't be in to begin with. Um, incredibly charismatic, especially entertaining in this in this match. Um, and I think he did a great job selling what Kane was giving. Yeah. Yeah, because... Kane obviously has to be the uh, uh, Shane's following Kane that makes sense right so Kane's leading the match here and Shane again for as much as he's not a wrestler he's really good at taking bumps and 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 getting beat up so I mean it it was it was par. It was, any shame match you've seen, it's, it's a shame match, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. I mean, you know, Shane McMahon is going to be Shane McMahon. Yeah, he's going to take 
at least one crazy spot. You already know know that. Um, he's going to use whatever he has to try to come out on on top, and I think this is a fine ambulance match. It, there's really nothing more to say. Um, I think uh, there. Oh, bull crap! There's like a um. There's a Kevin Nash and Rey Mysterio spot against the ambulance where he just lawn darts Shane right into the side of it. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much kicking Shane's ass for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's great. You know, so um, good on good on Kane, good on Shane, because Shane was probably like, yeah, bring it, sell it, sell it hard. Let's go. And that's exactly what happens. And Kane Kane wins, drags his lifeless corpse into the ambulance, does the old double double tap on the ambulance, gets it going, and that's it. That's the match. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, backstage. We get Josh Matthews talking to Brock Lesnar. He asks him what it felt like to lose. <laughs> uh, a young Josh Matthews, too. Incredibly young. This is before he was picking up uh, wins on him on, on Impact Wrestling and tagging with Scott Steiner. So let's go ahead and get on that. Um, Brock says he didn't lose. Uh, then Josh Matthews says he tapped out. Brock says he didn't. Then Goldberg shows up. He shakes his hand. Okay. He just yeah. look. I just hate Goldberg so much. My <laughs> God, I just hate Goldberg so much. There's a lot of hatred for sure. Um, not as much hatred as Jonathan Coachman gets when he comes out next. He gets he is a heat magnet boy. Man, I I didn't know if Coachman was coming out or if Dom was coming out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's getting either one's a, off the fucking planet here. Either one's a right answer. Yeah, it's fair. Um he's wearing a neck brace. Uh he says he's heard from what that you know the Dudley said with the 3D. Um, he goes to leave and then he points out, uh, Mark Cuban. Uh, so this is Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban. Uh, he, uh, coach goes to interview Mr. Cuban and he asks him what he's looking forward to the most for the rest of the night. And he responds, uh, he, that he's looking forward to stone cold kicking Eric Bischoff's ass. Huge pop, awesome response. Um, asked him a super question about WWE referees or NBA referees, whatever. Um, and then Bishop comes out and says, I'll, I'll handle this. The man that smells like fine, you know, Corinthian leather. Okay, does he um, ever? Uh, he tells Cuban to come into the ring and say it to my face. So that's exactly what happens. 
Um, he shoves Cuban. Cuban shoves him back. And out of nowhere, Randy Orton comes behind Mark Cuban and gives him an RKO. And hey, hey your boy Cuban takes a pretty fucking good bump. He sold it. <laughs> yeah, he laid out and everything. Like, yeah, I mean, that was a quality bump. I think he's another guy that just gets it. Like, ooh, if I'm going to take this spot, I got to sell it. Which, yeah. good on good on him. Um, Then we cut backstage. Evolution is partying it up. Uh, Orton comes in and says he took out Mark, Mark Cuban. Ooh. Um, then he says he's going to take out Steve Austin. Triple H says he's going to take out Goldberg. Awesome, cool, cool breeze. Um, and then we move on to the WWE Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we have the Bondage Brothers, that would be Doug and Danny Basham, taking on uh, Los Guerreros, that would be uh, the team of Eddie and Chavo. Uh, skipped over Shaniqua because she's BFN. Um, and... <laughs> I he either I didn't like this match or I don't like the Bashams. So I was gonna say that because and it sucks because the Bashams are actually really good. Like their OVW stuff was so good, but then they got the WWE and they gave them this like bondage gimmick, and like it's just like just none of it makes any sense. Yep. And they never really let them. They never really let them wrestle, if that makes sense. You know, they always had to be this, this stuff. They always had to be this like weird tag team and this and that and like, you know, they they had a gimmick and they just couldn't be themselves. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Um. Side note. Um. Nick Nick Aldis ate an RKO on a SmackDown tonight. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, and it was a it was it was a, it was a quality bump too. So um all good there. Yeah, and it's yeah, it, it was a clean match. It, it, it there was just no vinegar behind it. And no. it, it it was just and then not not to mention they won with a roll up. They retained the titles with a roll up. So who doesn't want me to roll up in this fucking pay per view? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're you're not wrong. So again, it, the bastards are fine. This match is okay, but it, it could have been so much more. Yeah. Uh, after the match, um, Eddie and Chavo don't look happy. Chavo says it's not his fault. Okay. Um. So they're so WWE's getting ready to push Eddie as a huge babyface here. Chavo's getting ready to turn heel. So that's kind of where we're going with this. And they're gonna push Eddie to the moon. Yeah. Of course, they it, look it, happy. It was cool seeing them tag because I guess we just haven't well, I haven't I hadn't seen them tagging together in a long time. So it yeah. was nice to see them in like all matching gear, doing the thing and doing everything. And I mean obviously they were breaking up here, but um it was interesting to see. Not interesting, yeah. it was it was it's good to see. Mm-hmm. 
Um, up next, we get the video package um, to set up Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. Uh, Survivor Series match. Uh, Bischoff come, comes out. That entire team comes out. Stone Cold, his entire team. So it is uh, team, team Bischoff is Chris Jericho, Christian, Randy Orton, Scott Steiner, and Mark Henry. And Team Austin is Rob Van Dam, Booker T, Bubba Ray, and Devon, the Dudleys, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Mm. Uh, it was a who's who, was it not? Um, it for sure was. And um, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. This is the match of the night, without a doubt. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, one of the best Survivor Series matches in company history. Well, it's... It's the star power this thing has, you know? Yeah. And even, like... there. So you would say Odd Man Out is maybe may Christian? And maybe Mark, maybe Mark Henry, maybe Mark Henry, and those guys are stars. You know, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Survivor Series two are also, um, you know, it's it, it they're, they're up for interpretation for me in the sense of some people like actual tag or actual teams that have skin in the game and make sense or two tag teams and a person or like, you know, some people like some people think that, Oh, well, survivor series should be, you know, just like this, like you're just your stars tagging together. And that's why it's special because you don't get to see them do that. Um, I don't care either way. I'm pro both. It don't matter to me. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has now, Orton, Jericho, Henry, oh yeah. RVD, Christian, Booker T, the Dudleys, um, uh, Scott Steiner, like just literally everybody. The only thing now, it isn't is a, is a rumble. It's like the only thing they're missing. Yeah. Now, reading a lot of responses for the quote-unquote best Survivor Series match of all time, um, a lot of people put 2016 ahead of this one. Um, and just refreshing memory, it was uh, Team SmackDown was AJ Styles, Randy Orton, D- um, Dean Ambrose, Shane McMahon, Bray Wyatt, and then Team Raw was Seth Rollins, Roman, KO, Braun, and Chris Jericho. Yeah, that... That that was a good match. So, I'd have to see like I like offhand without watching it. Clearly, I can't say yay well, yeah. or nay, right? Yeah. Um, but, you might as well get the siren going now for that because the uh-oh. reason this 2003 version gets the nod over that it's a half hour shorter. <laughs> that the, 2016, the, the 2016 match, the the, the half hour the, shorter. No, it's no, it's 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 almost fifty three minutes. Oh, well. just when you think he's done, the time police comes back from the dead, boys. 
Hey, time, hey, the a hey, time cop always rises to the top. Okay. So I'm gonna gush about this because again, I truly believe this is one of the best Survivor Series matches of all time. Um to Jeff's point, there's star power, and not to mention just star power, but we just saw at least half of these guys two years ago in the Invasion winner-take-all Survivor Series match, which had the five best WWE had to offer and the five best that, quote-unquote, the Alliance had to offer. Because yeah. we saw the likes of Booker T, RVD, the Dudleys, Chris Jericho. So, and then we start getting eliminations. Um, and we get down, and I'm going to skip ahead here to the three-on-one scenario here. Um, between Shawn Michaels is the only one left for, for Team Austin. And for Team Bischoff, it is Christian, Chris Jericho, and Randy Orton. And at this point, HBK is bleeding buckets. Um, the Muda scale is active. Uh, just just pouring out blood. You got none on Vince, though. Yeah, we'll get there. I I I, I agree. Um so <laughs> Jeff's most devastating move, the roll up. Um HBK eliminates Christian uh with a well no not Christian. Um he he eliminated Chris Jericho with a roll up. Um right before that he eliminated Christian with a super kick. Uh <laughs> the old the old sweet chin music, baby. So well, who, who, who didn't know he would be at the end like Iron Man himself and then yeah. like roll over in a bloody mess and just lay there like, oh, I can't do anymore. I've done enough. Fucking motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I hate Shawn Michaels. Huge blade job. Um, it's just down to Orton and Sean. Bishop tries to come in. <laughs> Sean. Sure. Um, Bischoff does try to come in. He gets his ass whooped for that one. And then Austin comes in. He gives a starter to Orton. Um, Austin's beating Bischoff to the back. Then Batista comes out. Power bombs Shawn Michaels. Orton crawls over and gets the three. Was it slightly overbooked a little bit, but yeah, but if if it's a Shawn Michaels match, what do you expect? <laughs> well, it puts tell you, me I'm wrong. It puts you in the passenger seat to to witness some really excellent storytelling. Um, it really makes you believe that down three one, the heartbreak kid willing himself to a Survivor Series win. Uh, it was it was well done. Um, the sweet chin music that he hit, uh, he fell on top of him after the fact, and then even with the roll up, it was completely out of desperation. So, um, great job selling from Sean. Um, no one ever saw Batista come in and come out. 
nice and easy. Nothing extra outside of that. Um, so Team Bischoff wins, essentially. Um, but Jeff, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Again, this match isn't a bad match. I just hate Shawn Michaels. So the fact that it it was going to lean on him and he was going to get all the glory at the end, it pissed me off. You should have known. I know. I just... This is my point with him. Like, he can never just win a match because nobody cares. Like... He has to have his head sawed off or be a bloody mask and barely like, oh, he just barely got by. Yeah. Well, um, Shawn Michaels, I'm great. I'm a great performer because he is, but I've never been a draw. <laughs> well, speaking of draws, um, match is over. Austin helping Sean to his feet. Sean saying, I'm sorry. They embrace JR on commentary saying that Austin's 14 year career is over. Um, and then <laughs> the heat magnet himself, Mr. Jonathan coachman comes out <laughs> and he says, okay. how does, yeah. How does it feel to know that you're finished in the WWE? Kicks his ass, kicks security's ass, beer beer drinking, ends on a really positive note. But we have two matches left. Do two we? Two matches left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are they matches? Is one a match? <laughs> is, is, is this a match? Um, but we set up um, Mr. McMahon and The Undertaker's task, or sorry, Barrett Alive match. Um, one of Vince's uh, keys to victory, according to Taz, is "quote unquote" avoid the hole. Yeah, why not? Sure. Um, Vince comes out. He comes to the bottom of the steel steps, starts praying. Whatever. Um. <sighs> gotta be honest with this one this is this is so disappointing yeah it's uh it's not good no it's i don't mind a bloody vince mcmahon but just the way after that they really i mean he literally and also too i don't mind getting blood getting color but I don't like the way they did it. So he just punched him and he got it. Like, oh yeah, you know. So and I I, I get it. Again, we're not gonna. We still believe in kayfabe here, so we're not gonna pull back the curtain. But I need Vince in in a match where this goes from in the in the in the ring, out the ring, to grandmother's house we go. And in a hole and through a table and like just off all that, he just punches him with a he just punches him with a right hand. And that's the that's what makes him, you know, blood bleed so bad. He's bleeding so bad. Like well, that aspect I like, but 
he's pissing so much blood that I mean, when they're out, they're literally like slipping on Vince's blood out on uh, you know on the outside of the ring. It's just uh, it's pretty gnarly to be honest with you, but um. Yeah, and this the ending with Kane and the thing and all like ah, I didn't like this. Yeah, so um, Vince because, is in the hole. Yeah, Vince is in the hole. Good. For, for the most of his cut, I mean, really, Undertaker just whooped his ass the whole time. For real, for real, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Vince not wrong. got a little, little bit in, but like, yeah, I was waiting for something to happen and and. Like yes, Vince won, but did he? Uh, yeah, I, no, but that, <laughs> no, but that that's 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 exactly how I feel. Like, did he? You yeah. know. Um, but yeah. So essentially, Vince is in the hole. Undertaker goes to the dump truck to go start pouring dirt in. Explosion happens. It's Kane. So we get an old switcheroo where Undertaker's in the hole, Vince is out. Uh, they pour dump on, they dump dirt on him. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, no, it's, yeah. it's not even like we're blowing over this just because it wasn't a good match. It just wasn't anything to this. Punch, punch. Um, head headlock to the next spot, throw to the barricade, throw to the steps, throw to the table, punch, get to the dirt mound. It... It's just not good. Yeah, it was. It was okay. You're being super generous. This is incredibly boring. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Again, I, I I liked seeing bloody Vince get his ass killed, but like, I don't know. It's I don't know. Not my cup of tea. Fair enough. Um, this would be the last time that we would see the Undertaker until WrestleMania 20, when he reverted back to his dead man gimmick, uh, meaning that the biker stuff is. Ouch. So we do get a video package setting up the main event. Uh, it is Goldberg uh, defending his World Heavyweight Championship against Triple H. And the like biker shorts under the like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, yeah. Well, those are his, uh, Groin supporting shorts, Jeff. Don't hate. Don't hate on the man. No, I, I, and I, I figured that he probably needed the compression on the on the groins. You know what I'm saying? No problem. But oof. you all, you always need pressure there. I guess. Okay, so we get the match: Goldberg, Triple H. Um, what did you think here, Jeff? Hated it. <laughs> really. Hmm. Okay. I think it was terrible. I mean, no, it, it wasn't. But I mean, it's Goldberg's in the match, so it's already bad. And yeah. then Triple H is fine, but Triple H needs 
Goldberg's like I just don't like Gold, Goldberg's stick and like to me seeing it here in, in this era of WWF WWE it just doesn't work like this is not Nitro you know what I mean this isn't WCW yeah. Goldberg yeah and I think that's the big takeaway here is that um, Goldberg, now the champion, um, I see, it really seemed like Goldberg was the better chaser than he was the title holder. Do you, would you agree? Well, yeah, because again, this guy's, I can, I can talk about this for hours, but this guy's whole gimmick is just being undefeated, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. So... It's not special. Then Flair's doing his thing. Yeah, there's really nothing to this. It's overbooked, but nothing happens. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just flat. Spear Goldberg win. I, I really don't know what else to say about this. It's so boring. No, it, it, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's Goldberg. And then, like, the table's down from the last match, and there's blood everywhere still, like, outside the ring and blood on the fucking tables. Like, it's like, which I don't have a problem with. But, like, the fact that this is the main event, th- 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 this shouldn't have been the main event. No. In my opinion. No, it should have been Austin. Yeah. But Beggars can't be choosers here, buddy. So um Goldberg gets the win. Boring main to main event. Goldberg celebrates with the world title. Um fade to black. That is it. <laughs> Jeff, final yeah. thoughts. Um, not a bad pay-per-view, but but a shitty fucking ending. Um, no, act no. Actually, I will say it wasn't a great show. And when you're, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, in the realm of 2000 WCW, it's not. It's not terrible. Well, yeah, but, but when we're talking in terms of 2003 and what the main focuses here were. This is a this is a one match show, yeah. Jeff. No, I, that's about and I'm trying. I was trying to sugarcoat it for a second, and I'm like, no, there's nothing to sugarcoat. This is a one match show because the other matches that they heavily advertised for this card didn't live up to anything above a good. I'd say maybe the closest match that comes to being quote unquote good is. Kane and uh, Kane and Shane. Yeah, and that's pushing it, but yeah, yeah, there's a, it's a one match show. So if you plan on watching this show, just go right to Team Austin versus Team Bischoff, and you'll be straight up. You'll be good. 
Well, that covers the 90th episode of the Retro Review. I feel like this went a little quicker than what we would normally do. But again, this didn't have a lot of matches. Um, the show was actually um, more nostalgic to me than any than it being an actual good wrestling card. Um, yeah, not a ton of substance. I mean, no. you would think there should be, but I don't know. Yeah. Yep. So we are going to move on from that. Looking forward. Uh, Jeff, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M. Hall 1. Got to have the one. Uh, well, you can find the pod on Twitter, TikTok, and all other socials at WPPod1. You can listen to the pod on all streaming platforms, including Apple and Spotify. All direct links can be found on our website at linktree.com slash WPPod1. And if you enjoy our content and you would like to support the pod, you can head over to our Buy Me a Coffee page at WPPod1, where you can support the pod for as little as a dollar. Up next... uh. Like I said earlier in the show, we were doing one week of Survivor Series, one week of War Games. So that is exactly what we are doing this week. We are, or this upcoming week, I should say. Um, We're going to look at the inaugural NXT War Games. Uh, so that would be from 2017. Um, So NXT TakeOver never never ceases to Im- will never ceases to impress so i am very much so looking forward to what this card is offering yeah let's do it and with that another one down in the books again thank you so much for listening to this episode of the retro review courtesy of your very own wrestling purists and we will talk to you soon take care yeah.